Hi, welcome back to my podcast, Build Back Into History. Today we have a special guest, my mom. Hi, thanks for having me on your podcast. You're welcome. Today we'll be talking about the women's suffrage movement. The women's suffrage movement took decades to fight the right to vote for women in the United States. It took activists and reformers almost 100 years to win that right. In campaign, it was not easy. Disagreements over strategy threatened to cripple the movement more than once before. On August 18, 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was finally ratified. The women's rights movement begins. The campaign for women's suffrage began decades before the Civil War. During the 1820s through the 1830s, most states had expanded the finances to all white men regardless of how much money or property they owned. At the same time, all sorts of reforms were showing up across the United States. Temperance legals, religious movements, moral reform societies, anti-slavery organizations, and many of these women played a prominent role. Meanwhile, many American women were being to fight the idea that only true women were a substantial wife and mother concerned with only home and family. Put together, all these contribute to all new way of thinking about what it meant to be woman and citizen of the United States. Senia Falls Convention. In 1848, a group of abolitionist activists, mostly women, but some men gathered in Senina Falls, New York, to discuss the problem of women's rights. They invited there by the reformers Elizabeth Candy Station and Lucreta Mont. Most of the delegates were to the Senina Falls Convention agreed American women were invalids who deserved their own political entities. We hold the true of our self-evident became the Declaration of Sediments. The delegates produced that all men and women are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain indolence rights, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. What does this mean along other things? What would believe women should have the right to vote? Civil War, Civil Rights. During the 1850s, the women's rights movement gained momentum, but lost momentum when the Civil War began. Almost immediately after the war ended, the 14th Amendment and the 15th Amendment to the Constitution raised familiar questions to suffrage and citizenship. The 14th Amendment ratified in 1868 extends the Constitution's protection to all citizens and defends citizens as males. The 15th Amendment ratified in 1870 graduates black men the right to vote. Some women's suffrage advocates believed that there was a chance to push lawmakers of truly universal suffrage. As a result, they refused to support the 15th Amendment and even allied with the racist Southerners who argued that while women's votes could be nearly those who cast by African Americans, in 1869, a new group of called National Women's Suffrage Association, was found by Elizabeth Candy Station and Susan B. Anthony. They began to fight the Universal Suffrage Amendment to the United States Constitution. This pro-15th Amendment faction's former of a agreement called American Women's Suffrage Association and fought for the finances on state-by-state basis. 
the progress for the campaign suffrage. Now here goes my mom. This animosity eventually faded, and in 1890, the two groups merged to form the National American Woman Suffrage Association. Elizabeth Cady Stanton was the organization's first president. Instead of arguing that women deserved the same rights and responsibilities as men because women and men were created equal, the new generation of activists agreed that women deserved the vote because they were different from men. This argument served many political agendas. Temperance advocates, for instance, wanted women to have the vote because they thought it would mobilize an enormous voting bloc on behalf of their cause. And many middle-class white people were swayed once again by the argument that the enfranchisement of white women would ensure immediate and durable white supremacy honestly attained. Winning the vote at last. Starting in 1910, some states in the West began to extend the vote to women for the first time in almost 20 years. Idaho and Utah had given women the right to vote at the end of the 19th century. World War I slowed the suffragists' campaign but helped them advance their argument nonetheless. Women's work on behalf of the war effort, activists pointed out, proved that they were just as patriotic and deserving of citizenship as men. Finally, on August 18, 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified, and on November 2nd of that year, more than 8 million women across the United States voted in elections for the first time. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Well Back Into History. If you have any suggestions on what I should talk about next, please let me know. And a big thank you for my mom. Thanks, Bye. Bella. Bye. Hi, welcome back to my podcast, Build Back Into History. Today we have a special guest, my mom. Hi, thanks for having me on your podcast. You're welcome. Today we'll be talking about the women's suffrage movement. The women's suffrage movement took decades to fight the right to vote for women in the United States. It took activists and reformers almost 100 years to win that right. In campaign, it was not easy. Disagreements over strategy threatened to cripple the movement more than once. Before, on August 18, 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was finally ratified. The women's rights movement begins. The campaign for women's suffrage began decades before the Civil War. During the 1820s through the 1830s, most states had expanded the finances to all white men regardless of how much money or property they owned. At the same time, all sorts of reforms were showing up across the United States. Temperance legals, religious movements, moral reform societies, anti-slavery organizations, and many of these women played a prominent role. Meanwhile, many American women were being to fight the idea that only true women were a substantial wife and mother concerned with only home and family. Put together, all these contributes to all new way of thinking about what it meant to be woman and citizen of the United States. Senia Falls Convention. In 1848, a group of activists, mostly women but some men, gathered in Senina Falls, New York, to discuss the problem of women's rights. They invited there by the reformers Elizabeth Candy Station and Lucreta Mont. Most of the delegates were to the Sonoma Falls Convention, agreed American women were invalids who deserved their own political 
identities. We hold the true of our self-evident contain the declaration of sediments. The delegates produced that all men and women are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain indolence rights, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. What does this mean along other things? What well, was believe women should have the right to vote? Civil War, Civil Rights. During the 1850s, the women's right movement gained momentum, but lost momentum when the Civil War began. Almost immediately after the war ended, the 14th Amendment and the 15th Amendment to the Constitution raised familiar questions to suffrage and citizenship. The 14th Amendment ratified in 1868 extends the Constitution's protection to all citizens and defends citizens as males. The 15th Amendment ratified in 1870 graduates black men the right to vote. Some women's suffrage advocates believed that there was a chance to push lawmakers of truly universal suffrage. As a result, they refused to support the 15th Amendment and even allied with the racist Southerners who argued that while women's votes could be nearly those who cast by African Americans, in 1869, a new group of called National Women's Suffrage Association, was found by Elizabeth Candy Station and Susan B. Anthony. They began to fight the Universal Suffrage Amendment to the United States Constitution. This pro-15th Amendment faction's former of a grooming called American Women's Suffrage Association and fought for the finances on state-by-state basis. The progress for the campaign suffrage. Now here goes my mom. This animosity eventually faded, and in 1890, the two groups merged to form the National American Woman Suffrage Association. Elizabeth Cady Stanton was the organization's first president. Instead of arguing that women deserved the same rights and responsibilities as men because women and men were created equal, the new generation of activists agreed that women deserved the vote because they were different from men. This argument served many political agendas. Temperance advocates, for instance, wanted women to have the vote because they thought it would mobilize an enormous voting bloc on behalf of their cause. And many middle-class white people were swayed once again by the argument that the enfranchisement of white women would ensure immediate and durable white supremacy honestly attained. Winning the vote at last. Starting in 1910, some states in the West began to extend the vote to women for the first time in almost 20 years. Idaho and Utah had given women the right to vote at the end of the 19th century. World War I slowed the suffragists' campaign but helped them advance their argument nonetheless. Women's work on behalf of the war effort, activists pointed out, proved that they were just as patriotic and deserving of citizenship as men. Finally, on August 18, 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified, and on November 2nd of that year, more than 8 million women across the United States voted in elections for the first time. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Spell Back Into History. If you have any suggestions on what I should talk about next, please let me know. And a big thank you for my mom. Thanks, Bella. Bye.